Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Hey, welcome back to Who's Really the Boss podcast. Well, thanks for having me back. Uh, I think we're going to discuss some challenges or failures today. So yeah, ready, ready for this. Hooray. We're going to talk about fun times. We like to keep it real, real. So um, yeah, today we're going to talk about three times that we had to change course in the business, even though it was scary or it felt hard. So these are really highlighting three times that we looked around and said, this is not necessarily going the way that we envisioned. So we need to do something different. However, it wasn't necessarily what other people were doing that were successful. So maybe other people who we saw having great success, they weren't changing to go in this new direction that we were thinking we should change to go to. So yeah, keeping it real today. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think as uh, knowing what we do on the other side of this, uh, some of these challenges or decisions that, you know, we will talk through today. The main thing was we kind of came back to the business model or these list of principles that we had established for our business, our life, and held up these decisions to that long-term goal of who we are, who we want to be. And that was the piece that guided us in knowing that these were the right decisions to make. And these were the appropriate actions to handle the hard time of, you know, being comfortable with the decision and moving forward with implementation. So, um, that's, that's step, you know, not step one of the three that we've identified, but I think that's the overarching theme is what, what are your principles? What's grounded you? What's your business model? Where do you want to go? And even those could be reviewed, um, on a long-term basis, not every year, but who really your core defining principles are what we've always gone back to. Yeah. And we have another podcast episode coming out sometime around this one as well on accountability uh, through coaching. And so also helping us through these times was having some sort of accountability because anytime that you're doing something hard um, or scary or different, having somebody there um, encouraging you and helping you reaffirming what you're doing is uh, probably necessary. I won't even say helpful. I'll say necessary to uh, be able to actually make that change and continue to a path of success. So we definitely had accountability through these. If you haven't listened to that episode or it hasn't come out yet, be on the lookout for it. So uh, get a little bit more insight into that. And yeah. so looking at one of the first areas that felt, I guess, hard uh, for changing, mostly because we just weren't sure maybe who would do it, what it would look like, how it would happen, was in the beginning of Dylan CPAs, before it was even Dylan CPAs, um, you were reviewing every single tax return and signing off on it 
as it went out the door. And so talk a little bit about why that became problematic and then kind of what the challenge was to change that. So I think expand that a little bit more to every project that went out the door because <laughs> it was, uh, there was always something in addition to tax returns, financials, reviews, audits, whatever that is. I always had final signature authority and kind of was the, was the guy, you know, I had to sign my life away on every project. Um, so it's just, for us, it's just, it's not sustainable. You know, whenever we had so many clients at that point, um, what led to the, the break in that was, um, we had merged in my mentor's firm and we just had so many clients, I think at that point. And it was just, there's not enough of me to go around uh, at the end of the day. And so we had over 2000 separate client relationships and it's not what we intended to build. We kind of got off track on even that acquisition. And um, while it's still, we went into it kind of eyes wide open. It was just not like maybe there was some things that some variables that we did not plan on. Um, people did not acclimate to the way that we do business, which we were unprepared for. We were a little bit naive in that aspect. What does it look like to inherit a location, team members, clients that don't, love you as much as they love the previous guy. And no matter what you do, you can't sway them. So that's kind of what led to it and the emotions surrounding that time in the life of the business. Ultimately, there was just something is going to get missed. I, I've said it before, I'm not the most technical person by any means. Um, I've kind of evolved into even less of a technical person as my career evolved. And so it was inviting others in that are so much more skilled in review, in technical tax work to rely on them and their skill set and how they're wired to help. And they were there the whole time, but for whatever reason, it was just always assumed or thought that I should be that person. So based on complexity of the individual project or who was available to do that as a team kind of got me out of that role. And you have to be okay with it. Um, speaking to other CPA firm leaders and people who have their name on their business and the door, so to speak. Um, you know, there, it just, it, it takes maturity to get beyond that sometimes. Yeah. And so we had to really, one, we were able to elevate others within the team who had the credentials to sign off on projects and, um, and then just realize that we trust these people. They are doing good work. And so it doesn't have to be the name that's on the business doesn't have to do every single thing or be seen as the one, you know, because really you weren't preparing all of the returns you were reviewing and signing off, but you weren't doing all of the work for that return, though a client might not know that they just see your name. And so elevating others to help take care of the clients and be in relationship with those clients um, was game changing for us because it just gives 
get more, more time, more capacity for you to do other things. And, um, it allows for us to serve more people. So not that we were necessarily wanting to serve people in just tax preparation, annual tax preparation, but, um, it just gave more capacity to do other things and serve clients even better. Yeah. And I think whenever you say serve more people, I would even back up to say, um, just serve people maybe deeper is where we've now gone. Um, mm. Go deeper with relationships instead of uh, volume. It's definitely about impact and quality of uh, client and service level that we're providing. So, um, but yeah, you can't do that and be expected to see every project. So whether we start based on complexity and try to take off some of the, the low hanging fruit that maybe is just so easy that it's not needing that highest level of review or making the hard decision about what really is the best product client mix for the business that you want to have. Yeah. So another area where we decided to change course, uh, I think it was probably recommended or just kind of a, a norm that if you're getting too many clients, you can increase prices just to test and see like who, who really wants to be a client, who really values the service coming from your office. And that'll kind of help slow people coming in the door. And we did try that for a bit. Uh, but really we, at this point, we were already on the path of, we wanted to serve clients at that deeper level that you mentioned that we wanted to serve business owners and we wanted to help them with their advisory. We wanted to be their outsourced accounting department um, from all levels, from bookkeeping and payroll, all the way up to advisory and the business metrics and business strategy and tax consulting. And so, um, so we decided to refer out all individual tax uh, preparation work that was coming in. So any new prospect that was calling, we decided that we had a few other colleagues and peer, well, I guess peers in the area that also did the same type of work that we do. And so we would just give them the name and number of other people to try. And so talk a little bit about uh, how that felt and how we proceeded through doing that. Uh, scary. So I think every one of these, the, the, <laughs> I think every one of these changes or um, things that we'll discuss today are scary. And so as a, as a business owner, there's no other way to say that. Um, I remember when we did make that decision, you were already working in the, the firm. And I think you made that decision on behalf of us uh, collectively for, for the good of the team. Um, because I remember uh, sitting next to you and our offices were within earshot of one another and you handled all incoming calls, which some of those were leads or prospective clients. And so I just remember going home one day and just saying, how, how many people do you tell no? Um, how many people do you turn away? And it was, I, I don't remember what you said, but it was probably, you know, something along the lines of you don't, you don't want to know. Um, <laughs> so you know, we've always and depending, real... yeah, depending on the time of year, really, I mean, really what that looked like five to six per day, per yeah. day that we were turning away. So, you know, anywhere around average of 25 new projects that we could have been doing per week 
um, we were just saying, no, we're not taking new clients. Why don't you call so-and-so and and here's their number? Um, you know, they do a great job and they love to serve you. So, yeah, I, um, yeah. So we've always done a good job around marketing and being accessible whenever someone does a search in our local area. So that was feeding those uh, inbound leads. So one, you do have to kind of vet inbound leads. And whenever someone's calling for a specific product or service that is, uh, it, it is profitable. Um, so overall tax work is profitable. It's got high margin in it. You just, you have to have the right business model in place to be able to scale that. And with that, you have to have the right team and staffing in order to address that service line. So um, in most CPA firms that are tax heavy, that may mean seasonal or a lot of extra time uh, invested from team members around tax busy season. So that was a strategic call that we opted to not do. Um, and it kind of goes back to that principles is whenever we set out to do this, we wanted to, to have something different. And most, most accountants, most CPAs are tired of the grind and especially the new generation of workforce that are coming out. You, you can't make somebody want to work, um, eight weeks at 80 hours a week. That's just not, desirable to anybody. So we always set out to do something a little bit different. So um, we made the decision, maybe you prompted it individually at first, and then I got on board to not accept any new 1040 clients. And so with that, you know, there's opportunity cost of potentially growing the firm and, um, you know, an average price point of, let's say, 750 per return, six leads, a day. I mean, you know, the numbers add up pretty good. And that mm-hmm. translates to a lot of annual revenue that we were opting out of. And, you know, the, the main thing there is it's just staying true to who we were. So the great thing on the other side of that is we made a lot of friends in the community who were um, accepting of new clients who did want to grow that way. And that's, that's great for them. That's their business model. And that's the business that they want to build. We've got plenty of of friends and still referral partners that we're happy to pass things on to them because we know that their business model will serve that prospect so much better than us pretending um, to do that. And then maybe even putting some undue pressure on our team at certain times of year and then having to deal with the repercussions of that undue pressure with turnover. And so I think those are the things to keep in mind. So while it was a hard choice to miss out on revenue, which ultimately could lead to profit, which could lead to cash flow, it, it's ultimately we referred back to what we really want. So um, I think there's quotes out there when you say yes to something, you say no to something else. And by saying yes, because we did for the first few years, and then we created a monster um, that overtook not only my life, but the life of the family and the life of the team and the team's families. Um, It's just, you know, we wanted something to be able to serve and have a deeper impact on business owners and high net wealth people. And I think staying true to that was hard. Um, And ultimately the first step is telling people no, um, that you don't have capacity 
go go talk to these other people because they do have capacity and they can serve you really well. Yeah, I think what made it hard was, you know, looking at how much how much revenue was being turned away uh, and our full service offerings. Those calls were not five to six per day. Those were one, maybe two a week. And so, but what that allowed by just referring that person on, it allowed me to spend more time talking to the people who were ideal prospects and really invest in evaluating them and their needs and what they were looking for. Uh, and then of course there, not everybody's a great fit. So, you know, it was, it was a big difference from being able to accept so many new clients to, um, to not. And, you know, also that was prompted by, we helped elevate others into the review process, but the back end of sending out the tax returns and uh, collecting 8879s, that stayed at one person for a while. And that one person was me. And so I was still feeling the crunch of how just how many relationships we were serving. And so it was a little bit easier for me to say no <laughs> and refer those people away without thinking anything about you know, revenue that that potentially could be. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the visual that I come back to a lot of times is it's being at the buffet, you know, and why continue to just fill yourself on things that you aren't your favorite, you know, and it's just being a glutton for punishment and just, <laughs> you know, I think, I think that's where I come back to and have to stay true to a lot of times because while I want I want the filet, I want the best cut of steak time and time again, but I'm over here gorging myself on ground beef or, you know, something, something that's not as desirable as a really nice steak. So I think those are the pieces that kind of come back to, um, you know, I just, it's, it's one of those where it comes with a lot of discipline and that discipline, hopefully over time becoming consistent leads to a better, for us, a better client roster, a better a group of people that you want to lead into success or also assist in, in hard times. Um, so that's, that's the main thing that it always came back to for us is building the best business around the best book of clients that we possibly could. Yeah. And I think that just led into a maturity of seeing, okay, we haven't accepted any new clients um, for just annual tax preparation. However, our tax season, so the traditional tax season of January through April is still um, a lot of extra work on our team. It's requiring more hours than what we've promised. So again, at this point in the business, we had already decided we wanted a more balanced year as far as time required, time commitment required by our team. And tax season was continuing to require a lot more hours than just a normal eight to five. And again, we don't like to compare to just other people who prepare tax returns because we hadn't really set out to do that same thing. And so while our hours maybe are less than a traditional um, 
tax preparation firm, it was still more than what we were um, promising to our team. And so we decided, Marcus decided um, at, at a time that was appropriate to look at the client list and to see which of these clients value what we value, which of these clients value our service offerings and are helping us to track towards the goal of serving these people from an advisory standpoint, making a huge impact in their life and not just serving them from a compliance of, I am legally required to file a tax return every year and somebody in your office can do that for me. So talk a little bit about what that looks like as far as evaluating that client list. No, we had to have the ability to step back from our roster of clients and see who valued us and who kind of is a champion of the business versus not. And, um, you know, it was, they're human at the end of the day, everyone's, great. I mean, but where our business model was going may not have been the best long-term fit for some of those clients who were just seeking out an annual relationship. So, so based on that, you know, we did a great job knowing our peers in the community who was excited whenever we sent them a referral uh, or a prospect that came our way. So we had to essentially take and grade our clients and say, these are the people that we're going to continue to build our business around because they know us, they trust us, they value our opinion and act on it versus somebody that just sees us as a commodity. Um, they, they can go some someplace else and just get the commodity of that tax return or whatever that product is that they need. So I think that's where we started. And then along the way, you obviously have graded these clients, obviously A, B, C, or D is probably the easiest place to start. The D clients are the ones that you don't want to refer to anybody. You're just kind of embarrassed that you even have been serving them so long just because they're so difficult to, to deal with, or um, maybe they are, you know, rude to a team member, so something has put them in that lower quadrant. And um, then you have the C clients who just aren't a fit immediately um, for where your business is. B clients are, they're a fit maybe right now, but long-term you either have to convert those over to where your business is going and how you're going to serve all your clients, or maybe one day make a decision. And then your A clients are the no-brainers, the people who you know and love and they trust you and they value you and they allow you to serve them in the way that you and your team can best serve them. So what we did after that grading process, um, scary, cause you're talking about revenue started with D clients. So D clients may have just received a letter that we're no, no longer servicing their account, um, for, for a business model change because we had to stay true to us and the team that we, attracted to us, um, based on what we were selling, you know, the, the lifestyle and the vision that we had for the firm. And so then those C clients who are really great people, maybe even some of the D clients, um, what do you do with them? And so we had 
learn from others that, hey, why don't you take that block of clients and refer them somewhere, you know, monetize them essentially. And if you were willing to just pivot and not have those clients, how can you do that and pick up some value along the way? So we did that a few different times. We would block those clients and then get them over to somebody that would serve them really well. Um, even though there was maybe a financial transaction or anything like that, I still feel like there is integrity on our side on how we handled that because one, we did the hard work. We kind of identified like two or three different options for them to say, these, these professionals are credentialed just like we are. They've met all the same qualifications. They're just not a part of our business, but they can serve you really well. They can serve you and do this project much like our office has the past few years. And so we would do that. Um, so we did the hard thing by identifying somebody that had capacity and that was willing to accept new clients. And then that kind of left that client better off than we found them. And um, then the, the kind of the different ways that we structured the financial kind of piece of that with the referral partner, we just made it easy. We made it low risk on their side. We ultimately wanted the client to be served. And we, you know, if we picked up some referral or commission-based compensation on the backside, great. So, um, and then you, you continue serving the A and B clients, the B clients you want to convert to your better way of doing business. But after you've kind of reduced your client roster every couple of years, it's time to regrade. So some of those B clients may fall into C, hopefully not D. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what we've did over the years. Um, funny story is we actually just were on the receiving end of one of those, conversations ourselves here recently with uh, our pool company. Uh, so our pool company, we got a letter uh, that said, hey, we can no longer service your account because of the state of the economy and fuel prices and staffing. We just can't go out to your area any longer. And as a result, we can no longer service your account and clean your pool. And that was it. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, like, I got to, I just got to go Google somebody like you didn't refer, you didn't tee me up for another conversation or anything like that. And so I kind of felt a little bit, a little bit justified in the way that we've handled that in the past, because we actually have tried to have a handoff. Now, if the client's already looking for a change and has identified a new, a new professional service provider, like more power to you, go, go employ them. But in the situation that we've recently had, where now we have to go procure a new pool company. I'm just, I, you know, kind of feel like I got dropped pretty hard <laughs> there. So I think, I think, yeah. So that breakup is never going to feel good. Nobody ever wants to be, we'll say quote, rejected. It might feel like that when someone says they no longer can serve you, want to serve you, however that might go. But it does feel a little bit better to feel like you have an option of what is my next step. So whenever they help provide that, and I think also a missed opportunity potentially for that business, because there could have been some financial um, compensation on those clients. I mean, we're a good, we're a paying client for that service. Uh, and so they're, you know, to, to give hand over good clients to someone else, um, you could definitely be 
some some sort of compensation and five dollars is more than zero so it doesn't even matter what amount any amount is better because you're essentially giving away all of it so any anything that you can get back and you know that's what we did we were really sacrificing that um revenue for time we just needed time back for our team and so we were okay with that i think it was time Not for that the, it was yeah no it, was yeah, time for it wasn't the team. easy it yeah. didn't make it easy it just made it we clearly knew the team needed more time away from the office. And if we kept those clients, they were uh, obligated to be at work preparing returns all hours of the night, weekends, you know, holidays, whatever it might be. And so just wanted that time back for them and then freed up capacity for them to serve ideal clients either better or new ideal clients because they weren't preparing, you know, that 400 tax returns that now went away or whatever it might be. Yeah, for sure. No, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought back. I mean, it ultimately came back to client service at the end of the day and having our team being fulfilled with the clients, serving the best clients possible. That's what our vision was always about. So, um, but yeah, we talked through obviously, you know, the, the different decisions we've had to make, I think there were three of them. It was, you know, the client blocking, no longer accepting, um, 1040 clients. And then my, myself being the end all be all as far as mm -hmm. review, uh, for every project. Yeah. And then we have, I mean, we have a bonus because this is something that has been implemented more recently, but having a leadership team outside of just you and then outside of just you and me, um, really recognizing that if it's just the two of us or just one of us, we can only go so far as the capacity of that person, the experience, the ideas uh, of that person. And so really, um, I would say the next one, which this was a difficult decision because you share a lot of information and also you are investing time into these relationships. And so talk a little bit about um, the decision to implement a leadership team. Uh, so it, it just kind of felt right and the necessary next step for the growth of our business. And, you know, as the leader initially, obviously you came alongside as well. Um, Dylan CPAs was always, um, it was always capped by the extent of our leadership ability. So, um, whenever, whenever we, we knew that we had the right people on the bus and we had the right talented people, it became very evident to say we should open up leadership to, to others that are skilled and wired a certain way to run pieces of the business. And so, you know, we've done that from a technical tax standpoint and um, how Charles leads the tax team. We've done that from um, just a leadership and education piece and whether it's clients or team members and how Leslie does that um, on the accounting side, onboarding how Elena and she kind of is building out the onboarding team and process because that's such a painful part in any business 
and then you know finally Chris and um, kind of the business development and sales aspect of the team and how he's leading that and building it and nurturing referral partners and prospects. So whenever you start putting all those different roles on paper, it's like, that was a lot of responsibility <laughs> that we had as owners. And how can I now just support them in their career advancement and support them in what they're doing? And obviously, you know, you don't want to say uh, a whole weight's been lifted, but it does feel a lot easier to run the business with others because they're just as invested as you are. And, you know, we hold each other accountable as a group and, you know, are, are ultimately striving to be better as an organization so that we can provide a better place to work and that we can serve clients in the best manner possible. So that's ultimately what led to that decision is just the maturity that it wasn't all us at the end of the day. And I, you know, why we waited so long, who knows, but it was probably because it just wasn't the right time. We didn't have the right people on the bus or the right mix of people on the bus. Um, even those leaders, you know, they had to kind of get in place, understand things and learn our team, learn our way of doing things, you know, learn you and me individually and what we stand for. And so I think now that we're there, it does, it makes all the sense in the world. And you could say, why didn't we do this sooner? But it just, you know, the timing wasn't right. And so I think that's yeah, I where think we're we at. Can, I think we can definitely attribute that to having uh, much more clarity around our vision and our values and the direction that we want Dylan CPAs to go. Because essentially what we did was elevate our team members and then give them authority to make decisions and to lead others. And so with that clear vision of what we want Dylan CPAs to look like, to feel like how we want to serve others. Now that we have full confidence in this leadership team, then we know they're going to make decisions similar to how we would make decisions. They're going to make decisions that are pushing the business in the direction um, of achieving our goals of success of our values. And so there's not a question on, well, I don't know if they would answer that the same way I would answer that or that they would um, talk about that in the same way that I would talk about that. Whereas now we have a lot more clarity around that. And then also we have all of their leadership skills, knowledge, experience, um, their ideas. They have a lot of interaction on day to day with all of the team. So we're getting all of that um, knowledge just to make Dylan CPAs even better. So I, it's just a win-win on doing that. But initially when you're kind of giving, handing over authority, um, it was really just building those relationships and having that trust made it less scary. We'll say easier or less scary, less hard um, to actually pull the trigger and to do. Yeah, uh, you're exactly right. So I think those are, hopefully people understand that, you know, this is not, um, uh, the Marcus and Rachel show by all means, like it's not always perfect that, you know, we have been through some stuff on our side and had to make hard decisions and, you know, mix in family stuff that's gone on, mix in, you know, team member, you know, stuff that has gone on, mix in hurricanes and pandemics. And here we are, you know, and we're trying to do the best that we can, obviously sharing, 
you know, our journey with others is what we feel called to do with this podcast. And um, even if nobody else listens to it, it's just a documentation of you and me spending quality time together, uh, rehashing life. So that's all right. So if I ever come back and say, I, I don't, I feel disconnected. I don't feel like we ever spend any quality time together. You can just point back to, no, no, we spent hours recording podcasts. Um, but really, I think one of the main reasons that I wanted to record this episode or on this topic is I think a lot of times we hear about people who are struggling and they don't want to change because it's going to be hard or they don't want to change because they're scared it's going maybe to put them in a worse position instead of a better position. And so they'd rather just sit in the misery that they're in because it's known rather than going with the uncertainty. And so just wanted to highlight a few times where, I mean, we questioned a lot of times on some of the choices, not so much the leadership team, that's really gone great from the beginning. And so, um, but all the other ones were like, I don't know if we did the right thing. I don't know if this is the right move. I'm not sure that we're doing this correctly. Um, this feels really hard or this feels really scary. So hopefully this will help uh, put somebody in motion in, in direction of change if there's something that they're struggling with and they won't uh, just sit in their misery. Yeah, I, I think you can't expect different results without change. And so, you know, there's plenty of different it, whether it's biblical or real world examples, there's plenty of, um, you know, things that we can say about that and just choosing to stay stuck is not an option for a lot of people. So we, those, those three that we identified, even the fourth with the leadership team, like that's scary. I mean, you know, it's, um, whenever it comes down to financial security and giving up some of that financial security, because you're turning away revenue or um, just making hard decisions in the business. I mean, ultimately you have to follow through with that because you can't go halfway. Like you can't, you know, say, Oh, oh hold on, but you're okay to stay, but you know, or we'll take this 1040, you know, it's just, you gotta be all in on each of those. And so we had to be, and we had to hold each other accountable. And then when you have hard days and you're like, why are we doing this? Like, Let's turn it back on. It's like, no, no, no. We got to give it a little bit longer to play out. And so thankful we did, honestly. So, I mean, it's it's been fun to a certain extent, but, you know, it's also been very challenging. And you've got those moments of stretch where you grow. And, um, you know, that, that's what's led us to this spot where we're at today. And I wouldn't change it. Yeah. So maybe people are now ready to change, but maybe a little scared to do it on their own. They can uh, help have someone walk alongside them to make those changes. Yeah, that makes sense. So, all right. All right. Well, it was a great conversation and uh, excited for the next one. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.